Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The word prophet in Hebrew is interesting. I don't have time to tell you everything, but I'll tell you this. It's an interesting word. It's naba, naba, N-A-B-A, naba in Hebrew. And the word prophet naba means to bubble up. It means to bubble up. It means to gush forth or to pour forth. And that reminds me of John chapter 7. Jesus is standing on the steps People are gathered together. Jesus got these big pots of water and he pours the water down, tips over the pot and the water goes down the steps and Jesus yells and he says, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink and I will give him living water and the water that I'll give him will come from within him and it will flow like torrents, John 7, torrents or gushing forth or pouring forth of living water. Jesus says, if you come to me for something to drink, I'm going to give you water and then I'm going to fill you. And then that verse actually goes on to say, this he spoke of the Holy Spirit. Am I right about it? This he spoke of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying that if you come to him, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is going to bubble up from within you. Are y'all with me? You're going to bubble up from within you and pour forth and gush forth onto people's lives. And you're going to prophesy and speak the word of God. Nabar. Interesting. So, Samuel, he's a prophet. He's a seer. A seer. Pouring out. Bubbling up the word of God as in the activity of the Spirit of God flowing from the innermost being like a river of life flowing forth. Only in this context, what's flowing forth is like a river is the word from the prophet, words from God. Verse 10 and 11, well, they decided to go to the city where the man of God was. Listen, I want you to follow me now. It seems like a bunch of random details, but God is working and doing things behind the scene. And this is what we're learning here. Are y'all getting that? Everything is for a purpose. Somebody say Amen. So they found some girls out there going to draw water. And they asked, is the seer here? Verse 11 and 12 is a really long answer from these women. And that's all I'll say. It's a really long answer from these girls. And keep in mind now, in my sanctified imagination, okay, these girls, keep in mind, Saul was tall, dark, and handsome, and rich. 
Okay? And Saul shows up. Hey, is there a, 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 a prophet around here? And, and the girls look at him like, yes. <laughs> yes. And they're just going on and on and on just to keep them longer. <laughs> All they had to do was say, yeah, right up there. Just keep it moving, buddy. They ain't do that. Oh, yeah, 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 verse 11. Yeah, 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 verse 12. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got to pray for the food. It's my guess. Who am I? But it's my, <laughs> it's my guess that if this guy would have been short and funny looking, they would have said, yeah, he's up there, get lost. That would have been verse 11. <laughs> it's interesting, though. It just happened. Did y'all get this? It just happened that Saul and his servants came looking for the donkey on the same day Samuel was in town. Hmm. Providence. Look at verse 15. Let's take another chunk. Look at verse 15. Now, the Lord had told Samuel, underline this in your neighbor's Bible, in his ear the day before Saul came saying tomorrow about this time I'm going to send you a man from the land of Benjamin and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines for I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me does that sound familiar Uh, ding 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 Moses so when Samuel saw Saul the Lord said to him There he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. And then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Please tell me, where's the seer's house? Samuel answered Saul and said, Duh, I'm the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I'm going to let you go, and I'm going to tell you all that's in your heart. And by the way, as for those donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and on all your father's house? And Saul's thinking, what? Because he knows exactly what that means. And Saul answered and said, Me, I'm I'm a Benjamite. I'm of the smallest of tribes of Israel and my family, the least of all the families of the tribes of Benjamin. Why then do you speak like this to me? And Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall and had them sit in the place of honor among those who were invited. There were about 30 people. And Samuel said to the cook, bring the portion which I gave you, of which I said to you, of which I said to you, I told you set it apart. So the cook took up the thigh with his upper part or the shoulder. I think King Jimmy says shoulder and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, here it is. What was kept back? It was set apart for you. Eat for until this time it has been kept for you since I said I invited the people. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. Okay, stop there. There's no, I think somebody calls it coinkydinks or coincidences in God's economy. Saul is working and, and walking around looking for everywhere for the donkey. And he, and he thinks actually God has brought him here because, but God is actually looking for him. That's why God bought him there. 
God told Samuel about it the day before Saul came. Did you get that? Tomorrow, a man from the tribe of Benjamin is coming. He's the commander of my people. God said in verse 16 that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines, but I've looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. I do want you to notice what is not said. God didn't say, when you read the Bible, it's good for you to at least visit what is not being said. What's not being said. I do it all the time. It's kind of first thing comes to mind. Okay, what's not being said? We want to notice here that God did not say that he's going to be the king over my people. He did not say that. He said he's going to be the commander. That's what God said. Are you with me? Not the king, the commander, or it might even use the word reign. But not king. God didn't say he was going to be king over my people. God said he'll be the commander over my people in verse 16, verse 17. One who shall reign over my people. The word commander or ruler or reign is more like is in the context of like a judge. In God's eyes, Saul's just another judge or leader like Moses, but not king. Because God didn't make him a king. God didn't... God said, this is your king. This is your king. Not my king, your king. This is the king you want. The king I want, we haven't got him yet. He's a little boy with red hair and freckles and he likes sheep. This is your king. And God calls him a commander. Verse 15 tells us the Lord told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came. God spoke these words in the ear of Samuel. Why? Because chapter 8, verse 21, Samuel spoke in the ear of the Lord. Interesting. God spoke in Samuel's ear because Samuel spoke in God's ear. Those who talk to the Lord are those who will be talked to by the Lord. That's just the way it works. If you talk to the Lord, the Lord's going to talk to you. Say amen. Amen. If you give to the Lord, the Lord's going to give to you. Say amen. amen. In verse 18, Saul walks up to Samuel and says, do you know where the seer lives? Samuel said, I'm the seer. And that tells us something here. Watch this. It tells us the prophet of God didn't look like a prophet. I don't know what a prophet looks like, but I know he didn't look like a prophet. Because Saul walks up to him and says, what street does the prophet live on? Do you know? He says, I'm the prophet. So obviously, Samuel looked like an ordinary guy. People who are called by God and anointed by the Lord don't necessarily look like it. They don't wear special clothing. Well, they don't look like special people and they don't stand out. They're just people. I think of this guy that um, uh, he, okay, let me think. This, I say it like this. This guy um, shops at the grocery store that I shop at. And um, he comes in wearing his priestly garb. And it's long and it's flowing. I mean, it is flowing. It's flowing. When he walks out, the robe is still going out the door. You're like, 
because it's flowing. It's a really long flowing rope. So when he comes in, everybody sees him because he comes floating in and with the flowing robe. It's really an interesting sight. <laughs> I'm not going to look at my family because they know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and he looks like a priest. And I guess that's fine. Okay, fine. You know, you wear special clothing or whatever. You know, I, I honestly, I, I, you know, I've talked, we talked about this. I, I don't wear special clothing. I don't have special clothing. I don't have a clergy collar. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't wear a robe. I, 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 I told you I wore a robe one time when it was like mandatory. And uh, I look really good. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, I don't have special clothing. And, you know, I just, I, I, I just don't. As a matter of fact, you know, I don't. I, I, people that really know me, they'll tell you. I, I wear pajamas. Oh, I'll tell you. Put it all out there. Maybe I'll get this edited up for the radio or something. But I wear pajamas like all day, every day. I'm serious. I do. My family's shaking their head. Like, I, I don't like to be dressed up. I mean, I, I wear something nice up here or whatever. But, like, give me 10 minutes after I leave here, I'm back in my pajamas. Y'all know me? I mean, I'll come to a staff meeting in my pajamas. <laughs> I just don't like, I don't like, people have said to me, you know, you don't look like a pastor. And I'm like, well, what's a pastor look like? I don't know what a pastor looks like. Um, I've been out in public. And people have uh, not known who I was. Um, I wear like a raggedy ball cap and pajamas. And I just don't, I, I mean, I'm just not into all that. And, and I'm not trying to look like anything. I just want to teach God's word and just be normal. And I just want to blend it. Honestly, Jesus had to be identified with a kiss because they wouldn't know who he was because he looked normal. Holly weird got y'all messed up. Y'all think Jesus got glowing eyes and he was white with blonde hair and and everywhere he went he floated around and there was stereo music everywhere he went, you know. Everywhere Jesus went. No. He was a normal-looking guy. You know, he's not standing out. Samuel's not standing out. Saul walks up and goes, where's the seer guy? I mean, I'm here, here. I'm right here. He wasn't even standing out. When Saul saw Samuel, he didn't recognize him. He didn't look like a prophet, so he asked, what prophet, where street the prophet live on? It must have been pretty awesome for Saul. He's out looking for the prophet, and the first man he meets is that prophet. And then the prophet says, hey, come over for dinner. Tomorrow I'm going to tell you everything that's in your heart. Look at verse 20. He said, by the way, don't worry about the donkeys. They've been found. And they are already at home. And that must have been a trip. Because Saul never mentioned the donkeys. He's trying to tell him, yeah, I am a prophet. Hey, where's the prophet? Oh, I'm right here. Okay, well, I'm going to give you something to kind of prove it. Because tomorrow, they're not going to talk until tomorrow. Tonight we're going to have dinner. Tomorrow morning I'm going to wake you up. And then we're going to walk out of the city and we're going to talk. Verse 20. And on whom you, all the desire of Israel, Saul, is it not on you and on your father's house? 
Saul understands exactly what he means, but it's the furthest thing from his mind. He's out looking for donkeys and Samuel's telling him that he's the one that all of Israel's been looking for. He says, I'm a Benjamite, the smallest of the tribes of Israel. How could he become king over a whole nation? Now listen, this is really a really humble response from Saul. And I believe that Saul is genuinely taken back by what Samuel was telling him. He can't believe it. God is going to use him, which is probably one of the reasons that God is using him. Some of the greatest men used by God are people who never expect it. And you would never expect God to use them that way. But God loves humility. Somebody say amen. In James 4, 6, God resists the proud, but what? Gives grace to the humble. But what? gives grace to the humble. James 4.10, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will do what? Exalt you in due time. It's interesting to look at Saul's life because in the beginning he was humble. And when this news came to him, he had a humble attitude. Saul started well, but he didn't finish well. Why? Because at the end of his life in chapter 26, verse 21, Saul says, I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 17, Samuel said to Saul, when you were little in your own eyes, turn there, 1 Samuel 15, 1 Samuel 15, 17. 1 Samuel, see, he was humble. Are y'all getting that, what I'm trying to tell you? He was humble. And this is what God loved about him and used about him. But then as time and ministry went on and success came his way, things changed. So, verse 17, Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not ahead of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? The Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners and Malachites and fight against them until they are consumed. And when then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Making the point that when he was, you know, beginning, he was humble before the Lord and, 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 and low before God. But then he allowed pride to come in and he allowed pride to take root in his heart. In other words, when he started, you were tall, dark and handsome, humble and rich, your head and shoulders above everybody else. You were humble, little in your own eyes, which made you usable. Now you've got the big head, and now you're unusable. And may God protect us, and may God protect me from having a higher estimation of myself than I ought. May God protect all of us that we don't have a higher estimation of ourselves than we ought. Because when God starts using people, that's when people start getting, well, you know what? I really am all that in a bag of chips. People are like, oh, he's wonderful. Oh, he's so wonderful. Oh, he's so great. You start going, well, yeah, you know I am. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. You start getting a higher estimation of yourself than you ought. And that's when you start thinking that you have entitlements. And that's when you forget everything was paid for by the blood. And that's when you get, I'm waiting while somebody clap your hands right there. 
And that's when you get religious and fair-seco and you lose sight of God's grace. And then you become harsh and censorious and judgmental toward people. And then you forget that God doesn't have to use you. And you don't have to serve. You get to serve. You don't have to serve. And God doesn't need you. I'm going to say that again. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need me. No, he doesn't. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. I do not believe that God needs me. He does not need me. God chooses to use me. And for that, I'm thankful. But need me? God don't need me. God needs nothing. If we say God needs nothing, then God needs nothing, including you. That's a revelation, isn't it? God is God all by himself. This is the one who said light being light was. So we have to be careful that we don't gather to ourselves a higher estimation of ourselves than we ought. Don't think too highly of yourself. And don't think too lowly of yourself. Because you meet people like that too. Well, I'm just so low. I'm just so low. I play wall ball with the curb. I'm just so low. <laughs> you ever meet people like that? They're just like, oh, it's just so low. Oh, I'm so low. I'm so humble. I'm just so humble. I'm so humble. I'm so humble. You are humble. You are pridefully humble. You're hurting my head. Don't think too highly of yourself. Don't think too lowly of yourself. Think as God thinks of you. Always keep your head low. God can use you mightily if you stay low. Stay humble. If Saul had remained humble, things would have been different for him and for the nation of Israel. Verse 22 through 24, I'm coming in. Samuel brings Saul to a feast, sits him in a place of honor, and serves him the thigh of the animal that had just been sacrificed. That's the king's portion. And it's been kept just for him because Samuel got a word from God that his appointed king is coming. Verse 23 tells us the cook brought up the thigh with its upper part or shoulder. The shoulder, taking notes, speaks of power and strength. Interesting. He didn't give the breast portion. The breast speaks of the heart. The shoulder speaks of power and strength. Well, Get back over chapter 9, and let's come in. Look at verse 25. When they had come down from the high place in the city, Samuel spoke with Saul on top of the house. Then they, they arose early, and it was about the dawning of a day that Samuel called to Saul on top of the house, saying, Get up, that I may send you on your way. And Saul arose, and both of them went outside, and he and Samuel. And as they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servants to go ahead of us. And he went on, but you stand here a while that I may announce to you the word of the Lord. So early the next morning, Samuel gets up. He wakes up Saul to send him on his way privately before the people get up. They get up, they go outside. And as they're leaving town, Samuel tells Saul to send his servants ahead so they can speak privately. And when he does, Samuel takes a flask of oil as we move into chapter 10 Next time, Samuel takes a flask of oil 
and anoints Saul's head, kissing him and telling him that God has chosen him to be the ruler over Israel. Now put yourself in Saul's sandals. This is like a bombshell for Saul. Keep in mind, yesterday he was just out to look for some donkeys, and now he's king. Providence. At this point, Saul is doing good. Saul becomes a textbook example of it's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Israel asks for a king. God gives them what they want. Be careful what you ask for. Because what? You just might get it. And they got it. And they're going to get it. For the rest of the book, they're going to get it. Stay tuned. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.